0: Welcome to the Australia Sews podcast. This podcast celebrates the Australian home sewing community and shares stories from everyday sewers transforming their lives and their wardrobes. My name is Louise Sherry. My guest today is Amanda Adams. I had such a great time talking and laughing with Amanda. Amanda is the founder of the Getting to Know You Sewing Challenge, BP Sovember. If you don't know what that is, we'll be talking about it today, along with some of her latest makes, how her personal style has evolved, and why her plant always seems to want to steal the limelight in her photo shoots. And for the dog lovers out there, yes, we will be talking about the loves of her life. You can find Amanda on Instagram at bimbleandpimble, and I also highly recommend you check out her blog, bimbleandpimble.com. For lots of laughs and sewing inspiration. But for now, here's the wonderful Amanda. Before we take a deep dive into your sassy sewing, what mm. are you wearing today?
1: Uh, so I am wearing a Style Arc Hope dress. Um, so I've gone for, I've made mine above the knee and I have sewn it up in a really lovely gingham black and white linen from the fabric store. What's your favourite store? I love the fabric store. It's, um, Canberra has not had a huge range of apparel fabric stores for a long time. So having um, yeah, something online, anything where I can shop online is super helpful.
0: So you're from Canberra and it's a decent sized city. Like it's a, what, 300,000 people still or maybe more?
1: I have no idea, but I believe we've got a census coming up again soon, so hopefully uh, I can find out. We have, like, lots of lovely quilting stores um, and, of course, we have chain stores, but actually dedicated apparel fabric stores are very thin on the ground until the last probably 18 months and there's been a few that have popped up and they've got some beautiful collections. So it's been really nice to have that closer to home.
0: Now I want to go back in time to December 28th 2011 which was when you launched your first post on your sewing blog do you remember
1: what you talked about oh my goodness no i wonder i was just learning to sew at that point and i think it was colette patterns was all i had access to yes it was
0: the parfait dress did i I pronounce
1: it yeah i love the parfait dress i made a few of those um when i started at a new job oh, gosh, that's a blast from the past.
0: So what was it about that time in 2011 that made you want to start a sewing blog?
1: Um, it was when I kicked off sewing again. So I'd sewn as on and off as a child and teenager and then had put my machine down for a number of years and I had kind of picked it back up as a result of my wedding, which happened in 2011. So a really wonderful friend of mine uh, where I was working at the time helped me, in fact, look, let's be honest, she basically led the whole thing. I just would like chug along with the overlocker where I could. Um, But I found this beautiful, uh, really simple raw silk dress on Etsy that understandably was $2,500. Completely understand. It was stunning. I could not justify that. We did our wedding on a complete shoestring and... The wonderful, wonderful Judith, she helped me out. I went to her and said, is there any way you're an amazing seamstress you could help me? And so I turned into this beautiful project where I'd go down to her farm and we'd have fittings. And Judith and I have very different body types. So it was for her, it was this great big learning journey about learning how to do full bust adjustments and just fitting this very simple in the end. She mashed together like three patterns and it was just lovely. We'd have cups of tea and then I'd go out and pat her horses Douglas I love you Um, and yeah we then sewed up the dress and after that I was like oh this is really fun and I want to do it again.
0: I mean it's a very ambitious project for someone who hasn't had a lot of years of sewing behind them to jump into but I believe your mother made her wedding dress so was that kind of an inspiration for you then if mum can do it I can do it.
1: Yeah and in fact I have it's very faded but my aunt gave me a photo of my mum in her wedding dress, which I'm just holding up to the camera here. I think
0: that might be on your Instagram.
1: Oh I, my God. I, I think hope so. It's so faded. I need to go get it color corrected. But mum's wearing this like delightful, it's so 70s. I love it. Kind of, I always called it the monk's row, but it's like, I, I need to check with her if it's like a delusted satin, um, but long sleeves and it had like a built in hood instead of a veil. So that was, yeah. And now I look at this and I'm like, wow, my hair's even styled like my mum's here. I am gazing into the future. <laughs> um,
0: we all turn into our mothers.
1: It, it <laughs> definitely looks that way now I see this. I'm like, oh, wow.
0: So your blog is such a joy to read. I mean, your tagline is sewing with sass. So can you explain what you mean by that?
1: Um, I'm not a particularly serious person and I do like to take the mickey a lot. So back, I, th- I think back in the day it was very common to have like a little tagline on your blog and I thought that way at least I'm setting expectations for people.
0: <laughs> One of the things I love about your blog is that sense of humour because, you, as you said, you don't take yourself too seriously and you talk so openly about all the little mishaps and shenanigans along the way. Is that just typical Amanda in everyday life?
1: Very much, um, Everybody I meet who knows me from the blog or my friends who will read the blog on my Instagram always comment on the fact I write like I talk. So it's very much about, yeah, taking the mickey out of things and just having a little bit of fun.
0: If anyone is interested, you know, go back to the archives because they're just so fun to read and even relevant for today. I mean, I know your style looks like it has changed
1: and evolved over those years there's some good classic patterns back then but definitely um, I was very heavily into roller derby at the time and like very much a kind of 50s, 60s retro vibe which fit my life at that time but my style has definitely changed a lot.
0: I'm going to talk about that but I just want to let people know the blog is called bimble and pimble which is named after your two gorgeous little dogs that you had at the time when you started your blog so let's just talk about pets quickly because i know they're a huge part of your life so let's go through the family
1: (laughs) Uh, so at the moment uh, my oldest pet is muppet who is my senior catterson so Mm. she is um beautiful I got her when one of my students, when I was teaching in Toowoomba, rescued a family of kittens that had been abandoned. And I took her into Foster and just never let her go. I think Brenton knew that was gonna happen. He was a very cagey kid.
0: Um, She's very shy, Muppet. You don't see her very often on any of your posts.
1: No, she's, um, anytime I bring a camera near her, she immediately gets up and starts smooching it. So I have all these blurry photos. I can only ever get them at a distance. And she's, I just like to say she's a very private kitten um, and does not like to be photographed too much. But, yeah, (laughs) she's my love bug. She's turning, oh, mate, she's turning 15 this month. Wow. So she's, yeah, she's my little love.
0: And then we've got Beanie.
1: Yeah, Jelly Bean. So Beanie is my little griffin. Um, I love griffins. They've got tiny little beards. And she is three and a half and is somehow very very tiny so she's not even three kilos and she was raised by muppets so she is a cat in a dog suit and i love her so much
0: she gets a lot of post time on instagram but she also gives such great advice and words of affirmation
1: she's a a positive little griffin who has um words to share so i should bring that back for a long time i was just doing like little posts of beanie saying positive things for people especially at the start of pandemic we were like i mean we needed it we really needed it
0: yeah she's gorgeous she, she always makes me feel like i'm going to have a good day when i read her positive words
1: she's a small dog who likes people's hairdos all <laughs>
0: and the yeah. last but not least
1: Esme. Uh, yeah so essie uh we rescued a couple of months ago so she's our newest edition. i've always had two pups but we wanted to just let muppet and beanie settle for a couple of years and Ezie is a four-year-old pug she um had been previously a show pug and um, used for having litters, and was a little breeding pug, and now she is retired and living her hashtag best pug life. <laughs> um, she has a whole lot of personality.
0: Have you read those Pig the Pug books?
1: They're really accurate. She, <laughs> where she has the appetite of a Labrador <laughs> in this tiny body. I'm just. Is she the
0: show pony too?
1: Oh, my gosh, she's so extroverted. I've, I've <laughs> never had a happier dog in my life. Every moment is joy with Esme. She's wow. just so happy to be alive. And poor Beanie and Muppet are very chills. There's this big energy in the house now.
0: So she's actually got a longer name that wouldn't even fit on a form. What's her full name?
1: Oh, look, it changes from time to time. <laughs> but at the moment, it is just simply Esmeralda Um, All of my animals have very ridiculous names and... It it just I don't know. It's fun. I tend to name everything. I name my sewing machines. My car. I'm going
0: me. to talk to you about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Maybe we should do that now. So yeah. you have four main machines, mm-hmm. um, and they've all got a name. Yes. So shall we go through them?
1: Oh, definitely. We've got um, my original machine, which is behind me under a cover. That is sweet violet. That was machine uh, an old genomic mechanical from the '90s. My mum gave me slash i borrowed and never returned so <laughs> um. um and then i have clover the cover stitch that i got a couple of years ago mm. she's a janome 2000 i know um some folks have had issues with those but i don't know maybe the janome gods are smiling on me clover <laughs> loves me touch wood uh and then i have um marigold of overlocker yep and we'll or, yes, Sergio, for those uh, in other countries, and she was a, a hand-me-down from my aunt. She's a 90s Janome mechanical. She is a workhorse. Like, that machine had sat there for over a decade, took it to get serviced. She purrs like a kitten. Mm. And then uh, my main machine Daisy, machi- Daisy? Daisy. Yeah, so Daisy is beautiful.
0: Is that um, your main machine? I thought that was the quilting machine.
1: No, so, well, Daisy is a quilting machine. She's a mechanical Janome, so Mm -hmm. I prefer mechanical machines simply because I like being able to tinker with them. Uh, And Daisy is, she's the top of the range mechanical machine I could get at the time, which meant she's a quilting machine and she was on sale, which has turned out great for me because I seem to always sew with a walking foot. Mm, I've heard they're good yeah it just helps feed everything lovely and my Mm. um I went to a couple of sojourns and so always with some lovely folks in Melbourne and I remember the first time I turned up and I brought Daisy down and I had the walking foot and they're like gee is that for everything and I'm like is that not normal and they're like oh it's a quilting feature and I'm like it makes for wonderful seams so I love a walking foot so
0: you don't use violet anymore
1: it's more just Daisy uh yeah vice normally my top stitch queen she is perfect so if I'm doing something with lots of top stitching I'll have her threaded up Mm, also whenever Daisy goes in for a service I'll (laughs) use that as well but yeah Daisy has like a one-step buttonholer. that's all I wanted I was just so sick of like twisting dials trying to sort out what I was
0: doing yeah I'm still struggling with my one-step buttonhole machine but it's an old it's a early 2000s model so I think it's just luck of the draw whether the buttonhole works or not
1: yeah very very uh, tempestuous and that's why I've got a um I made a beautiful lilac wool poppy coat um from make by the fabric store um maybe two months ago and I have the button picked out it has just one single button and I'm not going to do that myself. I'm going to take it to a professional in Sydney and pay them the $4 to put the buttonhole in for me because I do not want to wreck it. I, you know, you've got to learn the limitations of your machine and your skill set. And also, I really don't enjoy hand sewing. I know lots of people mm. do, and I love that for them. It is not for me. And I'm not interested in doing a, a hand sewn buttonhole. I just, it, it doesn't appeal to my um, sewing approach which is quick mm. and dirty often. <laughs>
0: I was going to ask you about that, that coat, which we'll come back to. We're just jumping all over the place here. Just going back to your pets, have you ever made any matching outfits
1: with them? Um, I have. I used to make lots of little bandanas for Button and Poppy, who were my bimble and Pimble, Um, and I'd make like, little bandanas. I'd tie around them. I have a few pieces of fabric that I've saved. So I've saved some lilac wool from my Poppy coat, and I have my Nova coat. Um, which is like this amazing f- hot pink fuchsia fuzzy almost <laughs> Muppet fabric that I've worn to death for the last three years. I kept a big piece to make something for Bean, but I just haven't gotten around to it. I plan to, but my sewing time is so limited mm. that it's just like, I need to worry about me first. But that looks so cute in little matching outfits. I
0: can just imagine you and Bean walking down the street or going for a walk together in matching outfits.
1: This is the dream, you know, one day, one day.
0: So I think you stopped adding actual blog posts in 2021, but you've now linked your Instagram feed to your blog. So it's still an archive of everything you've ever made. Is it fun looking back over a decade's worth of makes and hairstyles?
1: Oh, definitely. If I had more time and more brain space, in all honesty, um, I have a pretty intense job, which takes up a lot of time and brain space. Uh, I would do more blog posts because actually when I remake things, I go back to my posts because that's where I break down what size I did, what adjustments I did, how much fabric I actually use, because that's kind of how I've approached my blog for many years. It's my maker's journal, so mm. I've got it all captured somewhere. And it's um, it just became this kind of challenge to get photos of things that I was like so I could see the details, which, you know, is all in my head and I need to just actually – take photos of things and do it because I'm continually making but I just don't log it as much but it's definitely fun to go back and look at everything and I have to say also delightfully consistent because one thing that has not changed much is really my hair now I think about it I've had the there same... was a
0: purple phase oh
1: gosh I wish it was still purple <laughs> I have my job that does not sync with. But for one glorious month of long service last year, I finally lived my purple hair dream. It was <laughs> everything. Now I just use the purple hair filter on Instagram. Because
0: <laughs> you work for the government, don't Correct. you? yes. Yeah. Yes, public I'm a service. public servant. Yeah, And there's a certain dress code, I imagine, or can you get away with some of your bright, colourful clothing? Um,
1: it varies from, so I tend to work in cultural institutions, so it varies from cultural to cultural. Uh, my current role is a bit different and requires different work attire. So I'm pretty down the line when it comes to what I wear to work. So yeah, Mm. no purple hair, but one day it will be back. I think my hairdresser's finally happy though. It's taken her a solid six months to strip it out, but she knew I was doing it. She provided me with the goods at home. So thanks, Cinder, you're the best.
0: There seems to be nothing that you haven't made It ranges from shirts, dresses, pants, skirts, jeans, shorts, jackets, coats, bras, underwear, active wear, jumpers, hoodies, cardigans, swimmers, socks, hats, bags, and even shoes. So does your mind just want to give everything a go?
1: Yeah, my brain is running at like 95,000 miles an hour. So I'm just always looking for something new to do and learn and try. I get bored very easily. I was just thinking, I'm like, what is something I haven't made? And that's a leather jacket. I look at Julia Bob and makes the most beautiful leather jackets. She totally inspires me. She's got these, like, wonderful understanding of fitting and couture. And to be honest, I'm just quite slapdash that leather is very unforgiving. Mm. I have a beautiful uh, skin that I've had sitting up there for four years that I'm still too scared to cut into. Where did you get it from? I know you can get some great stuff at the fabric store. And there is an amazing leather place... So I'm thinking it must be in Sydney because I know, um, so Gillian, so Gillian, she does some beautiful leather work and I'm pretty sure she gets it from there. And it must be somewhere also in Melbourne. But mine I actually got in Bali when I went with a friend for a retreat for a week and we there was a leather worker shop. I was completely surprised by that. Wow.
0: I was thinking we might have to go to
1: Italy. Look, <laughs> if I could, I would. I would love to be there. <laughs>
0: So it's a very amanda thing for me to say but you sew like a boss you were a very fast sewer and you're also very meticulous in your sewing it looks oh. very professional <laughs> i can imagine you've now racked up so many clothes over the past decade do you ever cull them
1: oh yes, yes 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 i recently have had to do a massive massive cull i've actually got not much in my wardrobe at the moment just due to changing body shape and life changes so it's interesting because everything's happened really organically and i stayed the same size for a solid eight nine years so it was just stuff would i'd swap things in take things out but now it's kind of starting from scratch again which is kind of good because I've been going through my archives and looking at things that I have worn to death that I would like to remake. So I recently just remade a big pink pair of cashmere at Pants. I love it. I love pink. I'm such a fan of autumnal colours. And um, like I've made another capella wrap top because I'd worn that so much. Mm. I will make plantain teas in Merino until the day I die. They are like my, I went out to brunch before this and surprising no one was in a plantain tea and my big new dinosaur hoodie. Um, so it's just been really lovely because I'm kind of curating from the ground up again. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's actually been kind of joyful in mm. a way. So but things that I do, cull, I might donate to people. Um, So friends who are like, oh, I would like this thing. I'm like, please enjoy that thing. Um, But otherwise, there's a couple of um, really good charities around us. So depending on what the item is, I will give them to different charities, especially if it's business wear or things that can be used for the office. Mm. There's a couple of great ones to help people get on their feet and equip them with clothing that's suitable for that. There's one dress I'm never going to let out of my greasy little hands, and that is f- I the dress I made for my first ever frocktails. So that was the original like OG first one back in Melbourne in 2012, 13, 14. So we went to dinner at Long Grain, I think there was 40 of us, and the Melbourne sewing community were just so wonderful because we're quite active on Twitter back then. Insty was only it must have been really early on it was mm. blogs and twitter and Insta starting to take over and i hadn't really met a lot of sewing people in canberra and the melbourne community just i was, I was desperately lonely as coming to canberra as an adult it's really difficult mm. to break in and they just embraced me with open arms and invited me to all these things and so i'd trundle down on the plane and so i made this uh like gertie had this craftsy course to make a sarong dress And it turned into this thing where wonderful Charlotte, who was living in New York at the time, went into the garment district and got me like all these different pieces of bits and pieces that I needed and posted them over all the way from America, which just blew my mind. And then I got the fabric from Hawaii and then I changed my pattern and I did six muslins to make this dress. And I loved it. There's no way in heck, I'm going to be fitting into that any time again soon, but that one, I'm not letting go ever. I just love it too much.
0: Colour palettes. I want to talk about colour palettes because Mulberry at the moment is your newest favourite colour and you recently made not one but two garments in Mulberry, the Capellia cardigan by Papercut Patterns and the Estella dress, also from Paper Cut Patterns. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw this gorgeous linen dress, I was like many people on Instagram thinking, you can wear this dress in reverse
1: i know i was i had stalked the pattern for a while i was originally going to make the crop top and the skirt and i just actually am not brave enough to do that at this point um mainly because i didn't want to get a cold back (laughs) Uh, but for those who aren't familiar with the estella it's um a kind of uh, elasticated waist gathered skirt goes below the knee with ruffle on the bottom and then the bodice has a one side is flat The other side are two big, long wrap ties that you can try in a whole bunch of different ways. And then there's a kind of a gathered sleeve situation. And you can either have it as a dress, which I could not work out how it went together. And then I made it. I was like, (laughs) oh. And then, or you can do it as a crop top and a skirt. And my original plan was, oh, that's good. I can wear it with different pants. And in the end, I just went, "Manda, let's be honest. You're just going to wear it with this skirt. So I made the dress. And I stalked the hashtag a bit. And I could see it was um, in, you, you could wear it either way. So, I don't know. I had fun flipping it backwards and forwards. And I find I tend to wear it with the ties facing forward.
0: Mm, but options, yeah,
1: I know. But it, it does <laughs> seem to, uh, it actually, there's very little, if any, stomach on show. <laughs> Thank goodness, because I get cold easily. Mm. But I just, I think the bows are super duper cute.
0: So just on the colour palette chat, what are some of your other favourite colours in your wardrobe at the moment? I think mustard makes a definite mention
1: and pink. Yeah, totally. So I actually have this amazing pouch, like this. um, Pardon me? Yeah, (laughs) pouch. (laughs) Uh, This fabulous uh, textile artist, Quilt Queen Studios, who is based uh, in America, and I have loved her work for years. And she does these really modern um, quilts, but also products featuring her quilting. And I have this pouch I bought from her, like a zip pouch I keep in my handbag. And I have used that as my guide for what my favorite fabric colors are for the last probably five years. And on the back, it's like this really vibrant pink and then a black and white grid, which um, I love. I love pink and I love uh, monochromatic geometric stuff. And then on the front, it's white, which I also love wearing, but then it's mustard, kind of this ochre-y, beautiful ochre, um, a deep purple, a kind of a a medium pink. And it's just these autumnal colours. And literally, when I go fabric shopping, I will pull this out and use it to compare because it's just – they're the colors i love wearing what's ochre like a a brownie orange clay so not a rust no no more of a
0: not a bait not a beige not a brownie beige
1: hilariously this i'm holding up six skeins of yarn surprise surprise i recently bought and you will Mm. see they're all my favorite colors so it's kind of like this pumpkin-y dark orange I I just like those autumnal colours. I like a warm colour. Sorry, blues and greens. You're great, but you're not my jam.
0: I wanted to talk to you too about your print choices because it seems you love a fun print like seagulls, dog bones, flamingos, ice cream, sprinkles. What draws you to these types of prints?
1: It really depends on what I'm making. So I manage, it's so hard to track down, but I managed to get, I think it's called Ice Cream Dream or Ice Cream Scream, uh, Swim Lycra that has, like, hilarious vintage Australian ice creams on a lilac print to make some togs or bathers or swimsuits, whatever state you're from. Uh, Total Queenslander here, so they're togs. Um, So that was just perfect. I did have somebody message me and go, this looks like something my four-year-old would wear. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly the energy I am going for. (laughs) Um, So I turned up on my holiday wearing my ice cream, looking cooler than the toddlers, I will say. Um, But it just depends. Like I'm looking over, I've got less prints happening now than I used to, Mm. and it really depends like on what catches my eye. Um, I do love a really fun print for a lining. There's um, this amazing one I saw that was like a 1970s, almost those wall murals they used to have. Of like a rainforest with waterfalls and it's like, like it looked so delightful and i thought gosh i'd look good for a coat lining so things like that i'm always keeping an eye out for but yeah i also really enjoyed my seagull print that top's amazing
0: i know a print you also like you like a floral print but your husband brett calls it aggressive floral what does yes. that mean <laughs>
1: <laughs> my floral preference is aggressive <laughs> uh, yeah i like a bold floral <laughs> so it's quite interesting because I really did not like florals for a very long time and I think that's because a lot of the florals I ran across were beautiful but like Liberty Carline or those small ditsy floral, Dainty and things. Yeah, cutesy. which are beautiful. And I have two friends I can think of off the top of my head who are both collectors of Liberty Carline and look stunning. It fits them to a tee but That is not my personality. So I will grab a floral if it is, I'm just looking at my stash at the moment, I only have one floral in there and it is big print, bold colours, it's yellows and blue. It's aggressively floral. So that's the kind of thing I like rather than, it's just a different type of floral. You know, everybody, if you like a floral, you have your preference. I mean, what is your floral preference?
0: I don't actually own any
1: floral. Maybe your preference is none at all.
0: But I would like to explore floral. Spotlight has a really nice section of linen floral and I'm always tempted to try it, but I haven't yet. My favourite all-time floral of yours is that Zadie jumpsuit.
1: It is delightful. It's very cheerful. It, I smile every time I wear it.
0: It is really stunning. You had a lot of comments from people as well on that one. It just, oh, that's, I think that's what inspired me to try something floral.
1: Yeah, that's such a i I think they've still got that print too yes sorry kirsten Katz. she has some seriously cool prints and she does a lot of collaboration she also did the seagull print as well oh that really like beautiful bold colorful Mm. designs well worth checking out
0: well let's now go on to the lilac poppy coat that was your first big project of 2022 the pattern is um, the fabric stores pattern Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Uh, The pattern, yeah, is the poppy coat uh, from Make by the Fabric Store. And what I really like about them is if you're outside their size range, you can send them information and they will get their drafters on to extend the pattern up. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
0: So you used a wool for that one?
1: So it is a wool nylon blend. It's a Japanese fabric. And it is lilac and it was beautiful. I was down in um, Sydney with my husband for a weekend away and we popped in to check out what was there and I saw that and it had just come in and I fell in love. But because it's such a massive coat, like it's almost ankle length, it did take three and a half or four metres of fabric, like a lot. They actually ended up rolling it onto a, um, what do you call it, The, the little cardboard tubes. So I came home in my tiny car with this big, like, massive heavy bolt of fabric and Brett's like, I don't know what we're doing. I'm like, it's best not to ask my friend. <laughs> and the
0: lining is a silk, isn't it?
1: Yes. So that, it just felt so luxurious that I wanted to treat myself. So it's a silk twill
0: mm. and it feels just heavy. It cool. looks beautiful too.
1: Thank you. I'm really, really, really proud of that, make.
0: Have you ever washed your woolen clothes before?
1: Oh, gosh, yes. If I make something in my house, it has to be able to be thrown in the washing so machine.
0: So how do you – so do you just put it straight in the washing machine?
1: Um, gosh, I'm going to sound really bad here. If you're if you if you're in my house, you need to just handle the regular treatment. So, like, all <laughs> – I have over the years have made so many things in Merino Jersey. So, yeah, I just throw it in the washing machine. And with my shirts, I dry them hanging on like I do with all my shirts, just we're in a very tiny house and we don't have a lot of undercover space so and because winter in canberra is so cold and grim i dry all my shirts just hanging on clothes hangers yeah and i do i have a this beautiful iris colored vogue dress that i do the same i just wash it and hang it i just stabilize the shoulders with a bit of elastic Mm. so it doesn't stretch out Mm. um so my poppy coat though that will be dry cleaned when that's if it needs I will spot treat that when needed Mm. and when it's time for it to get a full clean I'll dry clean that though I'm not gonna risk that one that's not a wash one
0: no it doesn't even have a buttonhole yet
1: I know it's just sitting right next to me hanging behind my bike (laughs) do you remember that
0: Milano cape from 2012
1: is that the pink one
0: yeah I think it is
1: do you remember that one vaguely vaguely yeah that was a massive learning curve i learned so much there and i have much regrets i actually got rehomed elsewhere that i
0: I have a feeling that's why you have reservations about this buttonhole there's a bit of trauma from that coat because do you remember you wrote i had to move the top two buttons six times to get it to sit right was that the the holes or the buttons
1: i have no idea i can't remember but obviously there's some latent trauma there when it comes to coats
0: and buttonholes Uh,
1: yeah. Just on coats? Yeah. Yeah. Big learning journey. And that's the thing with sewing for me. I think it's, it, it's I think, very forgiving in a sense that you can often unpick and try again and adjust seams and not always, but I think it's often very forgiving of mistakes. And for me, it's a nice learning journey. I like being able to have a go at things and mess it up and try again.
0: Because it's just fabric.
1: Exactly, and but I, you do I pay just, money for it, and it's your time. Exactly, so it's it's this weird thing where it can be like, yeah, yeah, it's just fabric, it doesn't matter. But for a lot of us, it's like we have very little free time where mm. we want to invest in something. So it's that like kind of like, oh, I've lost time, but it's you can generally salvage things, even if it means, oh no, this dress isn't going to work. But can I like cut pieces and use it for something yes. else?
0: Can I turn it into a skirt? Can I turn it yep. into a camisole? Can I give it away maybe and someone else might love it? Yeah. So let's talk about the cashmerette Calder pants. It's possibly your favorite pant pattern of all time, would it be?
1: Look, I think statistically, the Colette (laughs) Irish shorts are probably my most made pants pattern of all time. Uh, I love the Irish shorts. They're really, really simple, just like kind of a little front seam, side zip just mm. a very simple short and I used to make them to play roller derby in so I just went through heaps and heaps of them I'd wear them till they'd bust out but nowadays I think probably my favorite pants pattern is the colder pants mainly because I really I like where they sit on my waist and I also like they've got a sneaky elastic back and I love a wide leg pant
0: mm. and, and side pockets
1: oh I love a side pocket and and no um, zippers
0: or buttons it's literally you pull them up
1: Yeah, which I have a very significant waist to hip ratio, which does make it challenging because to get it to sit nicely on my waist means I've got to pull the elastic in quite significantly. And that can be challenging with my hips. So
0: could you put a zip in or would it kind of alter you could?
1: Yeah, yeah, and you could, in fact, um, I'm not sure if my friend Beck has done it. She was talking about doing it, but Mm. she wanted to look at removing the elastic and actually adding a side zip just because they're such a good pattern. And I'm not sure if she did, and I have thought about it, but in the end, I can make it work. And then the other pants pattern I really enjoy making is the Clariville jeans. Ah, It's
0: on my list. You've made three pairs.
1: Yes, yes. So the first pair was excellent. The second pair I messed up. And that's completely due to me. And then the third pair is great as well. So they're an absolutely fantastic pattern for my body shape. So that's
0: Workroom Social's Correct. Cl- Claryville Jeans.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they're drafted for somebody with a significant waist to hip and thigh difference. So it's, yeah, I just love them. I've tried so many jeans patterns over the years mm. and I've had so many issues, but those fit really well
0: have you tried the ginger jeans that everyone always raves about
1: four times five times just once again i've been really active and have lifted weights most of my life and derby really changed the musculature of my body Mm. so and i just i had so many fitting issues with
0: those Mm. i'm currently making a pair of ginger jeans and i've now got Paralysis. I've cut it all out, cut it all out, all the pieces out, and I've just looked at the steps and now I'm paralyzed. So I don't know how to get past this.
1: If I may offer a suggestion, what I did to get back in the jeans making game was I did a 30-day challenge and I challenged myself to spend 10 minutes a day. That was it. So I might only get through half a pair of jeans and I think I might have removed it last year because I ran out of space in my highlights, but I literally it took me the entire month to cut them out, fit them, and sew them. And I just did it little bit by little bit because jeans making can feel so overwhelming. Mm. But there's like great sew-alongs and videos and fitting support with the gingers. Like, they're such a good place to start.
0: The funny thing is, though, I don't even wear jeans. I wore jeans last night to the Hawkesbury show because it was so cold and I knew I needed to cover my legs. But I only wear jeans in winter, and usually if I'm doing something at night, I won't wear them during the day because I don't find them comfortable for my body shape. So... Sometimes I think, why am I even making these jeans? Why?
1: Why am I doing this to myself? Look, I'm a firm believer in sewing what makes you happy. So if you're not loving it, pop it in a bag, stick a little note so you know where you're up mm. to and go do something fun. Well,
0: that's what I've, I've been, been doing for the last five makes.
1: Yeah. There's no, pre- like, I truly think for me, I should say this is my philosophy, sewing should be fun. So if that means, like, I'm generally really good, I don't tolerate whips because i if i leave something so work in progress i should say i will not come back to it and or if i do it'll get really muddled but i am looking at i currently have two half finished dresses sitting in my basket next to me it's currently overflowing um that i just know i need to get back to and but they're not bringing me joy at the moment so mm, Mm. i can just sit in a naughty corner for a minute
0: can we talk about these baskets? Because it's quite a great idea. I hear it only cost you $5 from Kmart to get a basket, but you call them the Amanda Project baskets. So what are they? How does it work?
1: Uh, it's literally a basket I didn't even buy for this purpose. I bought it for something else, but I just, am, I need to corral things quite tightly in my life to make sure they happen. Otherwise, like I things don't happen. I have too much happening in my brain All the time that I'm a complete, I have to be. I've trained myself to be a very neat freak, pack things up, put it away. I know it adds time, but it's how I function in my day to day life. And so sewing was challenging for me because I'd get stuff together and I'd pack everything away at the end of a sewing session and wipe down my table. And then I'd then put everything away in its separate places. And it was really difficult because then when I'd go to set up, I'd have to grab everything again. And I'd also get distracted on what I was doing next. So I just started putting it all in a basket so I could find things easily. And then I just started sharing it because, I don't know, I find order comforting.
0: So do you have just the one that you're working on currently is in the basket? Everything yeah. else is packed away, maybe in a plastic bag or something like that?
1: I don't cut things no. out. I, I did last year went on, maybe it was earlier this year. I have no idea. Time has no meaning in the pandemic. Um <laughs> And and did do a big cut fiesta, Mm. but I generally don't work that way. I have to focus on one thing, get it done, move on to the next. And it's, you know, we all do things differently, but that's just what works for my brain.
0: How do you decide what goes into the basket?
1: Uh, It's whatever I need for the pattern. So I'll see what I feel like sewing next. So I've got, like I'm going down to Melbourne this weekend and then staying for a week and catching up with, a friend of mine so i know i need like a fancy dress we're going out and so that's one of the projects sitting there at the moment so i'm making a new velvet wrap dress and have all the pieces sitting there ready so i can just set things up and go
0: so you're telling me in the next seven days this dress will be done
1: uh i'm not <laughs> going to commit to that but i'm going to give it a go if okay. it causes me stress i'm not going to do it but it's um you know i've the pieces are all cut out i've overlocked everything mm. i've started assembling it like it's a knit for me knits are pretty chill mm. and quick so we'll see i need
0: to talk to you about the september sewing challenge that you've done for god is it eight years now i think last year was your eighth year you said on instagram this oh, is So-vember? yep so hashtag bp so yes and it now has over 76,000 posts on Instagram with that hashtag which is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, so it started off many years ago as a like the photo a day challenges were coming a really big thing from Fat Mom Slim and a friend of mine Jess who runs a creative entrepreneur business, Create and Thrive, who is also my bestie, um had done one for her like creative business group. And I was still struggling to find friends in Canberra and wanted to meet some more people. And I thought there might be something cool with sewing. So, yeah, just kind of came up with 30 random prompts, slapped it on a photo of some grass I'd taken. And um, my goal was to get 40 posts over the month. And that first year it did really well. It surprised me. And then I think the second year was when it kind of exploded. There were more people on Instagram and the sewing community was bigger. But it's... I don't have sponsors for it. There's no prizes. Um, I guess the prize is friendship. Like, the whole idea was just about meeting people Mm. and building communities. And one of my dearest friends who I'm seeing on Friday and we're hanging out for a couple of days in Melbourne, I met through Sovember um, another really dear friend of mine who I was meant to go meet in, she lives in Florida, and hang out for a few days with my trip that got cancelled back in 2020. I met through Sovember, like, the goal for me was to find amazing people to hang out with, and it worked. And I'm so glad because I think it's helped other people find people in their area. It is a
0: good challenge. It's very different to Me Made May though, isn't it?
1: Oh, completely. Me Made May is phenomenal. And the focus there is on, you know, do with it what you will, but highlighting what you've made and or maybe you want to make things. Mm. or um, Whereas Sovember is just about. So it originally was just photos to a prompt. But and a month long I've now got it as a week there's seven photo prompts but there's also stories and people are really interacting with the stories quite heavily as well.
0: I recommend people just hashtag BP Sovember if they want to see some of the prompts because the prompts are really fun Um, and they're not always sewing prompts too they're about your personal life.
1: Yeah it's just about getting to know you. You know it's nice to get to know people holistically and maybe some of the stories that have been shared have just been beautiful and it's Mm. been so lovely to find people
0: i want to get your nerd on now Mm. for another passion of yours which is making these amazing multi-colored multi-shaped resin dice i think they're called maths rocks as well is that their proper name What, (laughs) what
1: are they um so they're polyhedral dice. For They tend to be used by people who play tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or Vampire the Masquerade, like all kinds of different role-playing games. Um, I've been playing, I'm quite out about the fact I'm a deep nerd and <laughs> playing, yeah, RPGs since I was in year 10. And like so many things, I'm a real pedant about a particular aesthetic and what i want and i couldn't find quite the gear i wanted so i decided to start making my own so i have like a little side business where i sell the overflow of my dice and it's i just love it there there's a, a wonderful gaming community and i've met some fabulous people in australia and there's actually quite a few sewers who also are into rpgs so it's been really lovely to see all these people go hi, I know you from sewing, but I really love playing role-playing games. So I'm like, oh, my people. <laughs> yeah. So it's I, like I'm, my background is I'm a secondary drama and history teacher and people are like, oh, it's like super nerdy. It is super nerdy. There's maths you do voluntarily, but I also like to think of it as um, collaborative improvised storytelling So my friends and I get together, we make an amazing lunch or maybe we'll do a brunch. I'll bring my cinnamon scrolls and, you know, we'll have a couple of beers, some sparkling water and we collaboratively tell a story and I love it and it's lots of laughs and silliness and, yeah. So it's good. I also make dice bags to go with my dice, which is fun as well.
0: And if you weren't into the nerdiness of games, you would never have met your husband. So we win.
1: Yep got a deep nerds in our household kind <laughs> of think. actually this is probably my least nerdy corner oh no that's my harry potter box set and all my fantasy novels so actually no this is still a nerdy corner
0: because you met him on world of warcraft didn't you yep. and you have a harry potter tattoo
1: that i do yes see two, <laughs> two now uh have for many years oh. i don't share one of them okay look if you get to see me running around in my togs <laughs> more ink than is obvious most of the time
0: so your instagram handle for the resin dice is dream.forged.dice correct they're beautiful honestly i've scrolled through it and looked at them all different shapes and sizes
1: wow yeah lots and of fun
0: are you ready to play a quick sewing game to finish up
1: i would love to
0: i hope some of these stump you
1: oh they probably will
0: so try and answer either in one sentence or one word so we can get through them
1: oh okay good luck to me
0: <laughs> have you ever sewn anything for your husband brett no does i he, have offered does he, yeah. he does
1: not want it because he knows how little sewing time i get mm. and he, doesn't, he doesn't, want doesn't want to take, it take away. that away yeah mm. but i keep offering
0: would you rather sew something for brett or your dog beanie
1: beanie sorry brett
0: does clover your cover stitch machine still scare you
1: no i think we have an alliance
0: is silk still a fabric monster or have you made peace with it monster true or false you love watching bridgerton when you sew true what season are you up to
1: i've finished them both please i binge those hard and then i went and read all the novels meh to the novels beautiful tv show
0: if you had one metre of linen fabric with little beanies all over it, would you make the Ashton top by Helen's Closet or Springfield top by Cashmerette?
1: Oh, oh that's done. Okay, uh, Ashton. Little beanies. Ashton? Oh, hold on. Yes, Ashton. Yep, I've said it, Ashton. It's too late.
0: <laughs> Is mustard a neutral? Yes. Are you a baster?
1: No. <laughs> unless it's a turkey <laughs> i'm so bad i don't follow rules
0: <sighs> do you prefer to make clothes with prints or solids right now
1: i had to quote the taco girl porque no los dos do I <laughs> <they have both? laughs> um solids it
0: Maybe? appears to be that way in, in your latest yeah. feed but not in the past
1: no, I think it's probably, I don't know. I refuse to choose. No, nope. I, I, um, I abstain from that question.
0: <laughs> True or false? You once cut out 15 projects before you started to sew them.
1: True. Just once, just once. And, and that was simply because I just needed to feel control in my life. So I went through and cut them all out in a weekend. Wow. And bagged them up with notes. I have some organising things that make me happy that was one of them but never again in
0: 2019 before COVID you were planning an overseas road trip from Vancouver in Canada to San Diego in the U.S. is that trip still on the cards
1: it is and that's where I was going to meet my friend Maddie over in Florida we're going to visit her first and see my friend Rachel Rachel I miss you um and then also meet Jess oh so yes Sorry, this is a long answer. Yes, it is on the cards. I just don't know when it will happen, but it has to because I want to go hiking and see some wildflowers.
0: Are raptor hands still your favourite pose of all time for your sewing makes? They are. I just don't share them a lot anymore. Mm, If people don't know about them. Yeah. (laughs) Just go to your earlier makes on your blog and you'll see all the raptor hands.
1: Yeah, it's me just goofing off because I used to take photos in the front yard and my neighbours across the road would laugh at me. And also sometimes it's fun just to make tiny dinosaur claws and make hissing sounds at people.
0: <laughs> true or false, you visited Mood Fabric in New York's Garment District in 2012 and got fabric drunk.
1: Yes, true.
0: Can you explain what you mean by fabric
1: drunk? I was so overstimulated. My husband left me there for two and a half hours that I couldn't stop. I just I couldn't make any decisions. I learned a valuable lesson. I never go fabric shopping overseas without a plan for at least three projects because I could not pick. I could, it was, oh, I'm still thinking about it. And I just ran around like a pork chop. <laughs> That's how I
0: feel like a normal spotlight visit. Very true. <laughs> but I can imagine, I think it was three floors or something, wasn't it?
1: It was out of control, amazing. And there were these two fabulous chaps from um, FIT, like the, the Institute over there, the fashion Institute who was shopping for one of their projects. And then they were so like, I think they heard my accent and saw I was just like completely dazed and they're actually so lovely over in the silks and was like, you need to grab this. You're not going to find this anywhere. And I did and I made a beautiful top out of it. I was so glad because I just couldn't make any decisions. It was amazing.
0: This is related then to this question. So true or false You purchased a second suitcase so you could bring all your fabric purchases home from the United States.
1: I refuse to comment.
0: (laughs) Next question. Is your Swiss cheese plant still trying to sabotage your photo shoots?
1: It is right behind me today. We are on a Zoom call recording. It is here. I've had to move it every time. I cut it back every time. So that's why I now have moved to taking photos in the lounge room. I officially give up. That Swiss cheese plant hates me. I'm surprised it's still alive. I have <laughs> cut that thing back so vigorously to get it out of photos and it's come back even better. It's like, oh, thank Let's you. come I back with a vengeance. This. <laughs> <gasps> we
0: know you like mustard-coloured pants, but do you also like mustard the condiment?
1: Yes, it's delicious.
0: And last question, are your dogs still your favourite sewing accessory?
1: Yes. I love them I love them Esme sleeps on my foot sometimes
0: while you're sewing
1: yeah and sometimes I have to sew with Beanie she's so tiny she sits in my lap and puts her tiny head on my goalball and just oh. they're the best if you love pets and you love dogs just let them be your sewing buddies
0: <laughs> Amanda thank you so much it's been fun talking to you and being sassy and nerdy together
1: it's been a pleasure Louise thank you so much for having me on
0: Thank you for listening to the Australia Sews podcast. If you know someone from Australia who would be great to have on the show, email australiasewspodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at australiasews underscore podcast. You are more than welcome to nominate yourself. You can also find me on Instagram at make underscore thrift underscore sew. Now back to sewing.